0: good afternoon. First off, I want to just say thank you. Thank you, everyone here. To look up here and see all 260 some of of you here today is an amazing sight. We did a a finance uh, uh, briefing two years ago, and I remember uh, at that point, it was done virtually. Uh, We all had to do what we had to do, and uh, it was one of the things that the one I reflect upon, uh, it, it talks about the resilience of our club, of, of our city, and our community. Uh, and, and that really wouldn't have been possible without the leadership of, of Mayor Lightfoot, uh, Jenny Bennett, Susie Park, and, and many, many of the other city officials. So, so to be on the other side of the bridge here, Enjoying some food, and hopefully you'll save me a few of the lemon uh, moon cookies. Those are my favorite, and I'm always a little bit more popular when I come home if I have a few of those, uh, so thank you. Um, but I did, I did want to just say thank you. thank you to everybody here, to our sponsors. I know Jackie, our, our chair, has already acknowledged our sponsors, uh, but I also wanted to talk about a few folks um, that were, are kind enough to join us here, kind enough to be here uh, with Jenny and the team. Uh, Chairman uh, Scott Wagsbeck. Chair, Chair Pat Dahl <laughs> Deputy Mayor Samir Mayakar. <laughs> and and, and Samir, I promise next time we see you at the auto show, my son will like an ele- he'll he'll want an electric car as well. Um, Jack Broffman, Deputy CFO of the city. Commissioner Chris Brown. Kirk Dillard with the RTA okay. Sid Frolick. I, I think I, I think I saw you earlier. And Lawrence Massal with the Civic Federation right here. My friend of many years. Thank you. Thank you, Lawrence. Susie Park. Budget Director, who's been an amazing, amazing partner to the city and to the city club. Michael Fasnock with World Business Chicago, without whom nothing gets done in this city. Thank you. Thank you, Michael, for your leadership. Uh, Reshma Soni. Thank you so much, Reshma. And Treasurer, Melissa conyers Irvin. So, I I, I know you're thinking, oh, we've seen enough of you, and and I'll I'll be out of your way soon enough. But I did just want to, you know, I I talked earlier about City Club being a metaphor for the city, coming across the bridge, getting the other side of the pandemic. Here we are all today. And I think that's actually a really good metaphor uh, for some of the comments that uh, CFO Bennett is going to share with us shortly. Two years ago, when I was uh, introducing her, I talked about challenges of a century that were met with leadership of the century. And indeed, uh, I think you'll see if you look at uh, the fact that the city now makes its full actuarial pension contributions. It's something I've looked at once or twice. Um, That's an amazing accomplishment. Um, I'm going to just call out a few at risk of stealing uh, Mayor Lightfoot's thunder or or Jenny's thunder, uh, which is not a good good move. Um, (laughs) The Chicago Recovery Plan, the Chicago Small Business Resiliency Fund, Invest Southwest, Chicago Connected, and many, many others, including signing Joliet. The city of Joliet is the largest new water customer in the last, uh, with a hundred year deal. So it's really amazing. Um, Before I turn it over to Jenny, we're going to run a, uh, Mayor Lightfoot has some greetings for all of you, and then uh, I'll turn it to Jenny.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Our city government is on an incredible path towards fiscal responsibility that is unprecedented. And that is in large part due to the hard work and tenacity of the city's chief financial officer, Jenny wong Bennett. Managing finances as complex as our cities is no small feat. But for Jenny, it's simply the job that must be done. I have known and worked closely with Jenny now for four budget seasons. Each time she maintains a clear head, leads and masterfully navigates pages and piles of numbers. And each time we are able to present a budget that speaks our values while being good financial stewards. This was especially true in our fiscal year 2023 budget that was just approved by city council last week in this budget. We continue to address the pain points in our communities and alleviate them with strategic investments. I am also proud to say that we continue to climb our debt ramp and pension ramp while ensuring that our economy goes from recovery mode to prosperity mode. This budget made clear that no matter what the challenges and adversities we face as a city, we are addressing the hard truths and tackling them head on. And you don't have to take my word for it. We've gotten validation from the rating agencies with our recent financial upgrades. I'm incredibly proud to say that Moody's has upgraded the cities of Chicago's general obligation debt for the first time in 12 years. Moody also upgraded 10 of the city's various other credits. And Fitch Ratings announced two additional upgrades. I'll let Jenny get into the details because that's what she does best but the headline is clear. Our hard work is paying off and the rating agencies are validating us at every turn. I remain deeply grateful to Jenny and her team for steering our city through the most turbulent of times and guiding us to a brighter, stronger financial future. She is the best. Jenny, thank you and take it away.
2: Thank you, Omar, for that generous introduction. And thank you to the City Club for inviting me to share with you the many successes around the city of Chicago's finances. I'd also like to thank Mayor Lightfoot for her kind introduction. Over the last four budgets, I have witnessed her steadfast commitment to govern to her North Star. She is fearless in fighting for what's right for Chicago. That political will makes my job as CFO easy. I also want to thank Chairman Pat Dowell of the Committee on Budget and Government Operations and Chairman Wagespach of the Committee on Finance for being here today. They have shepherded the city through extremely difficult budgets and financing proposals. Each time we're before City Council, the respect that your colleagues have for you both is clear. That respect has allowed us to engage in a productive dialogue to find solutions that address resident needs while also blazing a trail to financial stability. As CFO for the city of Chicago, you may be expecting me to jump right into the finances. But rather than dwell on the financial challenges the city has faced, I'd like to kick off our discussion today with a video about a program that encapsulates some of the best outcomes that came out of the pandemic. Over the last three and a half years, a significant component of our jobs has been making lemonade out of lemons. All across Chicago, the city scrambled to implement an immediate response to the urgent needs created by the pandemic. In the midst of this response, the city also took the opportunity to use these investments to create transformative change. Chicago Connected is an example of this resilience and innovation.
1: We all want the best things for our children. And I think about these children who are being left behind or falling behind because they don't have access to the internet and the, the kind of things that my daughter and many, many other families across the city just simply take for granted. Internet should be essential as having food, water, a place to stay.
0: Without it, you know, we're, we're at a standstill the internet, is like the window to the
2: world.
1: Internet connectivity is essential, and families who were left without were put in much more vulnerable situations. We were doing the e-learning, and it was very frustrating. I have a daughter that has Down syndrome, and it's, it's challenging is even more challenging
0: without internet. It's es mucha la necesidad que se va a venir ahora con las familias. Muchas familias están sin empleo, no van
2: a poder contratar una internet caro.
0: It's a big need. The West Side and the South Side has been underserved for a very long time.
1: We're super excited about the Chicago Connected Initiative. It's going to bring broadband internet into the homes of over 100,000 of our students,
2: free for four years. Cuando escuché del de, de programa de Chicago Connect, yo sentí un gran alivio por eh, los niños, por los padres, por las familias. Eh, creo que vamos avanzando más, y esperemos que
0: todos se beneficien de este programa. We have our uh, Jalens and Crystals and Connors and Chloes and McKenzie's out there looking to be the next, you know, Barack Obama. When everybody's voice is at the table, it will take us further than we ever been before.
1: Chicago Connected is a blessing to me. I'm hopeful for my daughter's future. If we don't bring that kind of connectivity to those families, we are saying to them, that they don't matter, that we don't care if they're left behind. Equity and inclusion has to continue to be the North Star of the city. And by giving access to the internet, to families who've been excluded for way too long, we're giving them true power.
2: So my husband, Mark, and I have two boys, Oliver, who is seven, and Carter, who is five. They are the quintessential COVID kids. Both of them started school during the midst of the pandemic, and one of the silver linings of remote learning is that they learn so much about technology. They know the passcode to my phone, They learned to read on an accelerated basis so that they could Google video games and YouTube videos. They learned to turn their camera off during Zoom, which some of us do during work, so that their teacher couldn't see them goofing off during remote learning. While my kids were boosting their technology skills during the pandemic, a 2020 Kids First report uncovered that 110,000 Chicago students, or one in five students, did not have access to the Internet. That number is even more stark in low income neighborhoods where the ratio is at least one in three. During shelter in place and remote learning, which was the better part of 2020, if you didn't have access to the internet, you weren't in school and you weren't learning. Pandemic learning loss is real, but even more acute for families without access to internet. Mayor Lightfoot recognized this need immediately And along with 10 philanthropies and 23 community-based organizations, Kids First and CPS, Chicago Connected was born. Chicago Connected is the largest and longest duration internet accessibility program in the country and provides free in-home internet to virtually any CPS student who wants it. The program has won multiple awards and has been modeled in other cities such as Philadelphia and Miami. I want to take a moment to thank Daniel Anello, the CEO of Kids First, for the sounding the alarm on this important need and for the cross-sector partnership of philanthropic partners and community organizations for making this program happen. I also want to acknowledge Chris Brown, the commissioner of the Chicago Public Libraries, which has been a champion of the Digital Equity Council, and Devin Bronstein, the point person for all good work that the city has done around internet accessibility. Not only does internet provide students with an opportunity to learn, but it also provides parents and families with the ability to stay connected, to gain job skills and make a better living through the Chicago Connected Workforce Development Modules, to civically engage through the census, to attend telehealth appointments, and to generally be a part of the world today. You heard it directly from the families in the video, internet accessibility is a smart investment for the city. Chicago Connected not only addressed an emergency COVID need, but effectively eliminated the digital divide for CPS students. Further, the program is being made permanent with funding from CPS. And the city of Chicago is also making a $28 million investment of both ARP and city funds to expand internet accessibility to Chicagoans. Another urgent need that the city addressed was support for small businesses. The average small business in Chicago has 27 days of cash on hand. Shelter in place lasted for approximately two months. The city announced within 10 days of shelter in place, the $100 million Chicago Small Business Resiliency Fund. Although PPP provided small businesses significant support during the pandemic, underbanked largely minority small businesses that do not have pre-established banking relationships had a hard time getting applications in as quickly as other businesses. As a result, the city of Chicago established what was then the largest small business resiliency program in the country. We supported... Over 1,700 small businesses with low interest loans saved approximately 300 businesses from closure and saved nearly 9,000 jobs in the pandemic. Small businesses employ about 50% of Chicagoans, and this work was critical to save a significant segment of the Chicago economy from permanently closing. The Chicago Small Business Resiliency Fund tripled the amount of small business lending in the city of Chicago and was structured in a way where the fund can recycle this expanded lending capacity in perpetuity. Just like Chicago Connected, not only do we address an immediate COVID need, but we also created permanent transformative change and supports to small businesses. I have to take a moment to thank City Treasurer Melissa Conyers-Ehrman and the Chicago Catalyst Fund for their support in making this investment happen. These are just two examples of the historic investments that not only addressed an immediate COVID need, but also permanent, lasting change that will improve the lives of Chicagoans. Collectively, through the Chicago Works Program, Invest Southwest, and the Chicago Recovery Plan, the city has and will make $6 billion in investments across the city. Chicago Works is the city's capital plan and includes $3.5 in projects such as paved streets, sidewalk repairs, bridges, viaducts, curb cuts, street lighting, traffic signals, streetscapes, city fleet and facilities, and other infrastructure projects. This program is expected to address approximately half of the city's deferred capital maintenance needs and allow the city to catch up on much-needed capital improvements. Invest Southwest is the mayor's signature $2 billion economic development program. Invest Southwest has seeded economic development projects across 10 communities and 12 commercial corridors. These investments represent some of the first investments in decades for south and west side neighborhoods and will help reverse decades of declining population trends, increase the tax base, and improve quality of life in communities across Chicago. The Chicago Recovery Plan is one of the most progressive investment plans in the city's history and is expected to create 7,000 jobs and $26 million of incremental revenues through stimulating an equitable economic recovery. Some projects that are included within CRP include the largest vacant lot cleanup in the city's history and one of the largest in the country, which includes approximately 3,000 vacant lots. Studies in Philadelphia's vacant lot program show a 13% reduction in crime, a 29% reduction in gun violence, a 22% reduction in burglaries, a 37% reduction in the perception of crime, and a 76% reduction in the use of community space, increase in the use of community spaces. Even half of those results of Philadelphia would make this a worthy investment. The CRP also includes the largest tree planting initiative in the city's history. Which is $46 million to plant 75,000 trees over five years and will reduce the city's carbon footprint. Within the Chicago Recovery Plan, the city brought its investments in, in violence intervention from next to nothing in 2019 to $85 million a year and has made nearly $400 million in investments that address the root causes of violence, including homelessness, mental health, and affordable housing. The city has increased investments in mental health resulting in 16 times as many residents receiving high-quality, no-barrier, city-funded mental health services. In 2019, 3,600 residents received mental health services. By the end of 2022, the city anticipates that nearly 70,000 Chicagoans will have received mental health services. The city has increased funding for homelessness support services for a total 2023 budget of of more than $200 million. These investments include the development of permanent supportive housing, non-congregate housing programs, rapid rehousing, shelter infrastructure investments, and high utilizer diversion housing. The city has made a billion dollars in affordable housing, seeded through $157 million in city funds, creating 4,000 affordable new housing units. The fiscal year 2023 budget includes $100 million of additional investments in the Chicago Police Department, which includes investments in two new helicopters, new vehicles, new cell phones for 6,000 Chicago police officers, which will allow police officers to file reports and get real time information from the field, camera and license plate readers, and upgrading, maintaining police facilities. The city in fiscal year 2022 increased the number of mental health professionals who support CPD from three at the start of the mayor's administration to 22 for each district and added two new locations for mental health supports across the city. The city has also created the first ever police recruitment team, which has resulted in approximately 100 police officers hired on a monthly basis, one of the fastest hiring surges in recent memory. The CRP includes electrification of our non-emergency light-duty vehicle fleet of 728 vehicles over the next five years, with 100% electrification by 2035. This electrification pairs federal funding to reduce the city's carbon footprint and save millions of dollars on fuel costs. Since the city will electrify the fleet as vehicles reach end of life, all of these savings are a net benefit to the city and allow for these vehicles to pay for themselves and, in fact, reduce costs to the city. While we're on the subject of the city's green recovery agenda, the city has also announced that it will purchase 100% clean, renewable energy for all of its city facilities, including O'Hare and water, starting in 2025. This agreement makes Chicago one of the largest cities to commit to clean energy and reduces the city's carbon footprint by more than 290,000 metric tons per year. Why have I, as the chief financial officer for this city, spent all this time telling you about city investments? Because this is what financial stability pays for. Let me repeat that. This is what financial stability pays for. Financial stability reaps dividends, when, which allows the city to turn around and invest those dividends in the city of Chicago. These historic investments are only possible as a result of the fiscal discipline and the responsibility shown by the city of Chicago. The city's financial turnaround was a deliberate design when Mayor Lightfoot took office three and a half years ago. The fact that we're here now is not an accident and was engineered in two parts. Part one includes clearing deferred liabilities, such as debt, pensions, and deferred capital maintenance. Part two includes creating nearly $8 billion of new financial value through a new Chicago casino, a new water contract with Joliet, and the new pension funding policy, as well as implementing over $1.2 billion in structural solutions to close budget gaps in this year and years to come. First, the city has climbed its debt ramp. Not only do we end scoop and toss... But in fiscal year 2023, the city started paying down principal by approximately 300 to $400 million a year. Since the start of, the May, of Mayor Lightfoot's term, the city has reduced general-funded debt by three-quarters of a billion dollars. Because of that, we can make these never-before-seen investments in Chicago Works, Invest Southwest, and the Chicago Recovery Plan without increasing our debt load financial stability has paid for the largest and most progressive investment plans in the city's history. The city has also climbed its pension ramp. In fiscal year 2021, for the first time in 16 years, the city's pension funded ratios increased across all four pension funds due to the increases in contribution for two of the four pension funds. In fiscal year 2022, for the first time in the city's history, the city has paid an actually determined contribution for all four pension funds. In fiscal year 2023, not only have we paid the statutorily required contribution, but we have changed our pension funding policy to make an advance payment above and beyond that statutory required contribution. This amounts to $242 million, or nearly a quarter of a billion dollars, in increased pension funding. Put another way, we are not only making the minimum payment on our pension credit card, but we are now paying down the outstanding balance. As a result, the city will save approximately $2 billion in future pension contributions through reduced actuarial interest and improved investment earnings. Again, financial stability will pay for $2 billion in essential services for decades to come. An important component to clearing deferred liabilities is being clear with stakeholders about what those liabilities are and listening to community needs. In 2019, in the first budget under Mayor Lightfoot, the city changed its budgeting methodology to include in the budget gap the projected shortfalls across all city funds, including debt and pensions. The city also made community engagement a key component of the budget process. Every budget includes several town halls across the city which the mayor and city commissioners attend. City departments provide information about how to get access to city services to make this town hall even more useful. Meetings are structured with accessibility in mind, including language translation, sign language translation, as well as live streaming. A budget is about priorities, and the city can't set priorities if we haven't listened to community. Part two of the turnaround includes creating approximately $8 billion of new financial value over the last three years, including $5 billion of new value for the city and state through the new Chicago casino, $1 billion of new value from the city of Joliet water supply contract, and $2 billion of reduced pension contributions through the new pension funding policy. In the mid-1990s, Mayor Daley first announced intentions to bring a casino to the city of Chicago. After three decades of pursuit, the city has finally secured a casino, which will generate $2 billion of additional financial value to the city and another $3 billion for the state of Illinois. These additional new revenues will pay for police and fire pension costs and prevent these costs from crowding out essential services. These projects will not only create financial stability for our pension funds, but the new Chicago Casino will repatriate $190 million of gaming revenues that are currently going to pay Indiana essential services. The new casino will be one of the most equitable casino projects in the country and will generate 3,000 construction jobs and 3,000 ongoing jobs. I'd like to thank Bally's and the TAF team for their partnership through the course of this casino process, and I look forward to seeing the fruits of our labor in this exciting development. For the first time in 30 years, the city has also secured a new preliminary water supply contract with the city of Joliet. Joliet and the 300,000 customers in the Grand Prairie Water Commission will be Chicago's second largest water customer and and is the third most populous city in the state of Illinois. This new customer is expected to generate approximately $1 billion of additional financial value to the city to help support the operations of the Department of Water Management. Our financial planning over the last three years has brought us to a place where we experience one of the lowest budget gaps in city history. The city now has 10 consecutive years of budget surpluses. Through $1.2 in structural solutions, including outsourcing workers' compensation, $220 million in investments in IT to create a more efficient government, $26 million in more efficient tax collection, creating an enterprise risk management system, improving contract management, among other efficiencies, the city isn't just looking to one-time solutions, but creating true reform to accrue to the city's benefit for years to come. Further, the city has carefully planned its federal funds to match one-time money to one-time needs. $1.3 billion of the $1.9 billion of federal funds were applied to address one-time revenue losses due to COVID. The remaining $567 million supported largely one-time infrastructure investments. And the level of ongoing investments in various programs is included in the city's out-year financial plan and is consistent with the level of annual investments made in years past. The city has and continues to maintain conservative and prudent financial planning. Out-year budget gaps are covered by the remaining expected revenue recovery post-pandemic and pending revenues from the Chicago casino. Further, our $1.1 billion in reserves allows us to weather difficult financial circumstances beyond our estimates. Throughout the second half of fiscal year 2022, the city has experienced an accelerated economic recovery, due to the increased pace of return to work, as well as an accelerated tourism activity. The city of Chicago was the first U.S. city to publish an economic recovery plan, which provided a strategic framework for this accelerated economic recovery. In September of 2022, Google announced a relocation into the Thompson Center, which is expected to generate thousands of jobs and is the largest corporate relocation in modern Chicago history. Announced that it will relocate its snack division to Chicago, the largest of its business units, generating $11 billion of revenues. Kimberly Clark, a consumer products company making Huggies and other products, announced a major corporate relocation to Chicago. Discover in 2022 announced the opening of their largest call center in the U.S. and one that's replaced an abandoned target on the south side in Chatham. These are These are just a few of the high-profile pro-Chicago decisions made over the last two years. In 2021, there have been 173 companies who have made pro-Chicago decisions, and in 2022, another 144 companies who have made pro-Chicago decisions year-to-date. I want to acknowledge two of the greatest and most effective champions of the city of Chicago that I know, Samir Mayakar and Michael Fosnacht. Economic recovery and economic development go hand in hand with good city finances. Samir and I have partnered together on a number of projects to bring economic growth to the city, not the least of which is the first casino in the city of Chicago. This work of improving financial transparency and creating true reform takes a village, or in the case of Chicago, a city. I have to acknowledge a few people that have been instrumental to the financial turnaround of the city. Of course, I have to give it up for the finance dream team, Susie Park, the city's budget director, and Raish Masoni, the city's controller. And mind you, an all Asian finance team. We have treaded difficult waters together, and I'm so proud of the work that we've done to bring transparency, true reform, and financial stability to the city. I'd also like to acknowledge Jack Broffman, deputy CFO, my partner and everything good that's come from the CFO's office. He keeps the trains running on time, but even more importantly, he's a great thought partner and one of the smartest and hardest working and collaborative civil servants I know. Through a lot of hard work, the city is now on a path to financial stability that has paid off in historic and transformational investments across Chicago. I said this to the city club a year ago, and I'm saying it again now. The city of Chicago's financial turnaround is now. But don't take my word for it. Now, there is independent acknowledgement. In August, Fitch and S&P provided three upgrades to the O'Hare National Airport. O'Hare is one of the two airports in the country that has come out of the pandemic with two higher ratings than it had going into the pandemic. These upgrades are the first for O'Hare in six to seven years. On October 21st, Fitch upgraded the city's general obligation and sales tax securitization corporation credits by one notch. Even more importantly, Fitch also placed the city on positive outlook. A positive outlook indicates a high likelihood that Fitch will upgrade the city again in the next one to two years, assuming the city continues along the financial path that has been laid out over the last three years. This is Fitch's first rating upgrade of the city due to improved financial performance in nearly a quarter of a century. On October 26, the Civic Federation supported the city's 2023 budget and noted our many financial accomplishments as praiseworthy. I also want to thank Lawrence Massal for his partnership to the city over, the, over many decades, but in, in particular to me over the last three years. I value your experience, your advocacy, and as most people who know Lawrence will recognize, your candor. On November 8th, Moody's upgraded the city to investment grade from BA-1 to Baa 3 The city is now investment grade across all of its credits, across all rating agencies. This is the first time Moody's has upgraded the city geo credit in 12 years. On November 10th, S&P and Kroll upgraded the city's outlook to positive, indicating that there is a high likelihood that it will upgrade the city in the next one to two years, assuming that it continues along the current financial path that has been laid out by this administration. In summary, over the last three months, the city has received a total of 10 rating upgrades and two outlook upgrades by the rating agencies across all of its credits, all of which are the first upgrades for the city of Chicago in the last six to 12 years. And there are more to come. The breadth of these upgrades demonstrates that the city's financial improvement isn't limited to one area or one rating agency, and is a powerful statement of the city of Chicago's financial turnaround. I have spent a career working through financial challenges for municipalities across the country. Whether it's refinancings for the city of New York post-9-11, the first financing in Mississippi post-Hurricane Katrina, or CPS's financial recovery. The path to financial recovery is not rocket science. It takes laying out a reasonable financial plan, making smart policy decisions, and exerting the political will to get it done. The city of Chicago has walked that financial path. It has been, for the last decade, on that path and has made tremendous progress over the last three years. However, even more importantly than acknowledging the accomplishments thus far, the city has to remember where it's been and remain committed to walking the path of fiscal prudence and responsibility. Fiscal stability pays dividends in the long run and pays for the investments that make a better Chicago for decades to come. Thank you for your time today, and I'm happy to take any questions.
0: Thank you so much, Jenny. That was was, was amazing. And, uh, you know, so much good news for the city. And really, when you, when you think about it, um, you look at what Jenny's done with CPS. And again, how many upgrades? Does anyone remember that number? Ten and counting. That's an amazing story. But when I think about uh, what Jenny has done, what her finance team has done, um, and what an incredible team it is, the city's finances continue to be in a better and better place in a very challenging environment, and and, and that's just an amazing story. But the city has also been an amazing partner, Uh, I'll just share, not only to organizations like City Club, uh, but I I work with a few nonprofits, uh, Chicago Children's Advocacy Center here. The city has been an amazing partner to them. And I know so many other groups in the room. I I mention them just because I have firsthand experience. And to me, that's really what makes our city great, it, it does take not a village, but a city. I, I feel like I can't go anywhere without running into somebody on the finance team. Uh, I, I was joking about the auto show with, with uh, Deputy Mayor Maya Car, but uh, we, we will see you there again next year, uh, you know, my, my buddy and I. Um, so, and, right. Actually, Jackie and I, it's funny because uh, Jackie and I, um, we ran into each other. We got the best picture. I, th- I think it ended up in a Christmas card. Thank you, Jackie. Um, <laughs> I, Jackie, by the way, our, our, our first, um, our, our chair of the city club, an amazing leader, uh, an amazing boss. I, 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 love, I love, working, love, love working for Jackie, and, and, and Dan is, is our vice chair. So uh, what a great group. Um, I wanted to ask you all, if you have questions, uh, there are cards in the middle of the table. Uh, give us a, a few softballs and maybe a few hardballs. Um, but if, if you're with Stiefel, not, not too many hardballs, all right? Okay. So, um, as the treasurer of City Club, I'm always trying to encourage people to make sure you're city, uh, your members, Uh, and in that spirit, I will start with a uh, question from a President's Club member. Uh, Paul Hoffman from GuideHouse asks, as the city makes use of ARPA funds to support pandemic recovery programs, how will it prioritize and select initiatives to continue long-term once federal funds are gone? And I know, Jenny, you've mentioned some of these, but maybe hit a few of the high points there.
2: Sure. So the uh, city's uh, program around federal funding is mostly uh, in the Chicago recovery plan that I mentioned in my comments. Um, As we uh, went through the process of determining what programs would be a part of that, there was a fairly extensive process that was conducted with departments, with community engagement, in order to identify what those priorities look like. Uh, On an annual basis, we continue to evaluate those priorities, especially as the times change and as we make our way through the pandemic. Um, But very importantly, those funds that have been applied are not just about ARPA dollars, which are one-time funds, not just about bond funds which are also one-time funds, but also there is a plan that's been put in place around how is it that we can continue those investments over the long term. As we reached out to folks in the community around what they wanted to see especially those uh, partner organizations who would be responsible for implementing, what the number one thing that came back was being able to ensure that we had sustainability of the investments going forward. And so the city has been very deliberate in how it is that it applied those federal funds. By and large, federal funds, including the bond-funded money that funds funds the Chicago Recovery Plan, are applied towards one-time infrastructure investments. There is a component of it which will carry on in perpetuity, but as I mentioned in my comments, um, they are in an amount that is similar in size to the investments that the city makes on an annual basis. And as we all know, budgets are about priorities. And every year, the city makes decisions, given the changing times, to change the priority of those investments in in, uh, you know as, as the times change
0: thank you Amanda Lawrence you are a current member I need to check your membership credentials um, <laughs> indeed um, also, also a long term friend uh, thank you uh, Lawrence says thank you for your service and fiscal leadership a lot of good news what is the biggest challenge to the city's financial improvement, and what could the Illinois General Assembly or Chicago Bears do to ensure progress?
2: Um, as it relates to the challenge to the city's financial improvement, I'll take the easier question first. Um, the, uh, the city is on stable financial footing now. And you know, and I say that not just because I'm the CFO of the city of Chicago, but because of the work we've done to try to be more transparent about what the actual costs are to the taxpayer and what the plan is, that what you see is what you get. And the city, like I said, hasn't, hasn't had finances as good it is, as it is now. To me, the greatest financial challenge is ensuring that we remain committed to walking the path of fiscal stability and responsibility. Um, we've been on that path for the last number of years. We've, uh, we've uh, turned away from one-time measures like scoop and toss, like um, debt financings, but we have to make sure that we remember where we came from, where the city of Chicago has been financially, and that we don't make uh, the mistakes of the past again. As it relates to the Chicago Bears, I think that uh, the question really is a question for the Bears and what they would like to do. Um, you know, the city has put out a fairly extensive uh, a set of alternatives, um, which I think would encapsulate you know any sort of a facility that the Bears could um, could could be interested in. Um, but they're going through a process of their own, and as uh, you know, we as they continue to do that, we'll obviously uh, you know keep a close eye on that and do what we can to help support.
0: Thank you, Jenny. We have a question from Shar Rivette. Also, Char, will have to make sure you're, you're a member painful. I believe you are as a treasurer. I, I've done my diligence. Um, Char says, thank you for the city's commitment to gender-based violence and sexual abuse prevention. What is the plan for the continue, to continue the spend down of these funds so that, so that providers can increase services? I think I got that.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so like I said, uh, the, the uh, Chicago Repo- recovery plan does have certain investments that will continue on, and the city has included in its out-year planning um, the continuation of those investments, especially those that aren't one time in nature. Um, you know, investment in gender-based violence and child sexual abuse is an issue that's very near and dear um, to the mayor and her agenda. Um, it's something that we have increased investments for over the last three years, um, and we'll also continue to make investments um, going forward. And so it's, uh, it's a part of our out-year planning, and uh, Part of the discussion that we'll have as the federal money starts to run out.
0: Thank, thank you so much, Jenny. And thank, thank you, everyone, for joining us here today. It, it is always our pleasure. Uh, and with with that, it is my you know, we've, we've heard the feedback that people want to stay on schedule and be able to get back to work, uh, which is great. Uh, you know, I, I know many, many of us in the room have work to get back to. Uh, with that, though, we wanted to thank Jenny Wong-Bennett for her leadership to the city uh, and her support of the City Club and so many great organizations throughout the city. Uh, and with that, um, we have this uh, certificate of membership. Which will provide her a one year membership uh, so that she can come ask the hardball questions when you all come speak. So, uh, Jenny, it's with great honor to provide this certificate. We're still working on new mugs, but coming soon. Again, thank you so much, Jenny. This session is closed.